I'm ready to go. Really, I just don't sound like it. Okay, the the coffee is starting to kick in. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This is Animal Radio. As we celebrate our connections with our pet, right now uh, Judy is screening calls. Doctor Debbie is taking your calls, your medical and vet questions, uh, as well as your behavior questions. Vinny Penn is with us. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, uh, Bobby working on news. What are you doing in the newsroom, you Twitter gal? If I were to ask you, what yes? is the most popular purebred dog in America? What would your answer be? Ooh, ooh. Ah, you see, what if I got ah. it right? What if I got it right? Then I just blew your whole tease there, right? You'll never get it right, Halpin. I'm but that, I appreciate you thinking you would. <laughs> the Labrador is what I would think. Is that, is that Well, sort of, kind of. And I'll just <laughs> let you know what's coming up in the news. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but really, AKC has released the results. And again, we're talking purebreds. You might be surprised with the movement on the charts. News coming up. And we have Jeanette. Is it Jeanette? Hi, Jeanette. Yes. How's your toy poodle? Um, she's fine. What's going on with her? What's her name? Uh, Sophie. How's Sophie today? Yes. Uh, well, I just got home and she's been uh, not caged, but uh, put in the kitchen while I was gone for a couple of hours. Uh-huh. But she's happy to see mm-hmm. me. Good. But um, and she's a good little dog. She's very loving, very affectionate. She's uh, she listens to commands and everything, and she's two years old. But we had a couple little problems with her. Uh, one of them, she rolls a ball around the house all the time. And when she gets it in a place where it's hard for her to get out, she gets very frustrated and starts pulling on the carpet and pulling she, up Did you say she rolls all over the house? Rolls a ball around she the house. She rolls the ball. Oh, she rolls the ball. around the house with her nose. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm just does, envisioning I mean, her rolling. An hour, you know, she'll go for an hour with that thing all over the place. Okay. That's, that's her fun time, I guess. But when she gets it stuck in a place that... Uh, we have to tell her to back it up, so if she has trouble backing it up, she'll grab a piece of the rug and pull on it. So oh, dear. I okay. way I can break her from that. Well, um, in this behavior is only occurring when she's playing her ball regimen? Yes. I guess the simplest thing that I'm going to say is that we, we need to control that ball-playing activity um, because especially if it's something she does almost to an obsessive level, um, there's a, a bit of anxiety. It's fun, but it can be a bit of an anxiety-driving uh, experience so that she may not uh, do her normal things. Her behaviors may be inappropriate at that time, and digging or you know tearing up the carpet um, is just a factor of her anxiety with wanting to get to that ball. So either we, A, control the timing and the area that she has while she's playing ball, um, or we deal with some chewed-up carpet and torn-up carpet, um, because there's not going to be an easy way as long as we allow her to play her game on her time without direct supervision. Now, there's other ways we can make this game um, maybe a little bit more of an outlet for her. So if we can take the ball outside, throw it, have her does she do retrieving activities or is it just where she pushes it uh, she pushes it and i play soccer with her you know we'll okay. have this all back and forth because if we can have a little bit more control over that playtime, where she can find the ball retrieve it you know or you can play back and forth with her that is going to decrease some of her anxiety if it gets out of her reach mm-hmm. and then she's forced to start to do some of these behaviors that are a little bit more on the obsessive line mm-hmm. so that that's probably going to be the easiest thing the other thing that i would make sure we do is that we give her some other physical outlet um besides the ball um because it really can become truly a, a problem a fun toy and, and i have a couple dogs that come here in my office and if we pull out a ball it 
it's like they're in the zone and nothing else in this world matters and they're just totally focused on that. That's where she is. If I pick up her ball to take it outside, she actually barks and whines. She wants me to put that ball back down. I would say we need to also find some other outlets for physical activity for her. You know, and she may not love it like she loves the ball, but what it will do is it will help to expend some of that energy, especially that nervous energy that we're building up as we're playing ball. So we take her out. We go out running. We go out for walks. Um, you know, whatever it is that we can do for her that doesn't directly draw on that, that kind of the uh, obsessive uh, behavior with her ball, do that in addition to her playtime with the ball and, and see if we can kind of wear her down a little bit and then just make sure you control the game. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate you calling, and good luck with that. Hopefully uh, she can still enjoy enjoy her ball game and uh, leave the carpet at bay there. (laughs) This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give us a call. We're waiting at 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie is answering your vet medical questions. Uh, Vinny is here with the Ha Ha. Animal communicator Joy Turner. Susan Sims with Fido-Friendly Travel Talk. Bobby on News. Britt, we're all here at your beck and call. And that would be Deb's beck and call right now. Hey, Deb, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you today? I'm New Jersey. I'm at home. In Joyzy. How can we help you? Um, I have two miniature schnauzers, and one of them is a white schnauzer, about eight years old, and she licks her paws constantly, and she's mm-hmm. got brown paws because of it. Oh, yeah. And is it just her paws that she's licking at, or are there other areas? No, no, just her paws. Okay. And I'd imagine she probably has that nice, lovely kind of reddish-brown kind of stain to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Yeah. And we see that so much in dogs. And uh, typically, when we see paw licking, um, you will see that kind of staining of the fur, especially if it's a white-coated dog or a light in color. And that's from a pigment in their saliva. And it's called porphyrin, and it causes a brown staining. Um, so you wouldn't believe how many times I hear people say there's blood all over their feet, and it's actually that pigment that they're seeing. Yeah. So when that is happening, the first one thing we go looking for beyond broken toenails or any kind of injuries in between the toes, is we really look at things like allergies. And white schnauzers, oh, I sympathize with you because they can have their share of skin problems. And looking at the paws is just part of that. Um, As far as allergy-wise, could be allergies to things in the air, can be food. So there's a lot of different directions we might go with this baby. Do you have her on any kind of uh, medications? Have you tried anything yeah. so far? Yeah, so far we've changed her food a few times. Now she's on medicine, but that doesn't seem to be helping. Um, okay. She's also on two 5 milligram uh, pills of prednisone every other day. And oh, I, don't wow. think it's working. I don't think it's working, but then when I stop, it, it seems like it was working. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Alrighty, and that's that's about all we've tried so far. Okay, now at any point have we done any kind of sampling from her toe areas, from her feet? Uh, has, has your veterinarian no. looked at that to see if there's any infections there? Yes, the vet the vet has looked several times. We've brought her in maybe a half a dozen times over the two years we've had her. Okay, okay. 
Well, uh, as far as if we're dealing with just a presumed diagnosis of allergies, then there's a lot of different ways we can go here. I personally always like to get some sampling from the area because if we have any kind of yeast infection or bacterial infection on top of things, um, you know, even prednisone isn't going to be enough to tackle that. Um, okay. But some of the better allergy therapies we can try, you know, if you're really interested in this, we can get into things like allergy testing and getting a pet on allergy shots to help prevent some of the signs of the itching, the licking, the chewing, all of that. Um, there's also a wonderful medicine called cyclosporin that I use for a lot of dogs that have chronic problems, especially when prednisone doesn't do enough. Um, so that might be an option that we can get at. Um, all of those different directions and then a good fatty acid supplement into the food. Um, and then the venison diet that you're using, I'm assuming you're not using other treats or snacks or goodies along with that. Um, I, I wasn't for like the past year, and then we just bought some milk bones. <laughs> okay, because you know what, you, what that does then, right? No, I don't. If we're on a special diet, a diet that you're spending extra money on, and you give treats or you give snacks or table food or anything, you're just flushing all that money down the toilet because oh, okay. a, a hypoallergenic diet does no good if we still have other foodstuffs in the diet that can interfere with that. So um, if we really want to be sincere about giving it a good effort on that venison-based diet, you need to eliminate all those other things. That's like going to um, uh, to uh, like Burger King and ordering the, the biggest burger they have and then getting a Diet Coke. I mean, it just... Okay. Hey, I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But yes, if you're counting calories, that's the that's the wrong thing to do. And, and it goes the same way with this food, um, food allergies and food trials. So uh, if we really want to be very strict and give it the best for the money. Um, you need to really be faithful with that. And you can even try maybe looking into, um, you know, a different way of doing a food allergy trial. And uh, you might try a hydrolyzed protein diet. Um, there's one by Purina called HA. Uh, Royal Canin has one called HP. You know, there's all these different ones out there. But that might be another avenue. If, if you think that you've given this a fair shot and it hasn't worked out, give that a whirl as well. Okay, very good. We wish you the best of luck, Deb. Well, thank you very much for your help. I appreciate it. Have a good day. one 405 to talk to anyone of the Dream Team. Could be animal communicator Joy Turner. She's our spiritual side. We need that spiritual side. She does it so well she can talk to your animals. Could be your childhood animal. It could be an animal that is living in your house right now that you're having trouble connecting with. Let's do that. What do you think, Joy? I think it's wonderful, and sorry for the noise you were hearing. Who, uh, our next caller should be blessed. Mostly, my two golden retrievers do lay here by my feet while I'm talking with you. Uh-huh. Today, uh, that noise you heard, the racket, right before you started talking, was my uh, boy Kitty, who came to um, participate in this particular call. So. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I like it when the whole family, you know, we have... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bobby, you have Slater over there, and uh, we have Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, and we have uh, Boog. All the animals are here, and they can make all the noise they want. Joy, I understand we have Stephanie on the phone. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Seattle. Welcome. Thank you. What can we do for you? Um, I have a question about my dog, Willie. Um, Willie's about 12, and he's a, a Golden Lab Retriever mix. And he's had a, a cough for the past, like, maybe three years. And it's getting progressively worse. And um, sometimes it, it keeps him up all night, and he has a really hard time. And I had it checked out with a vet, but he's just 
he's too old to have a lot of tests done. So I'm wondering what I can do um, just to make him the most comfortable now um, as he's aging. Oh, Willie gave me a big sigh as you were talking. <laughs> and he says he understands that the cough is more to him annoying than anything. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that you do a really good job of taking care of him. Yeah. And he's thinking that maybe some natural things, some herbs or things like that, um, might be something that could soothe his body. Okay. And actually, if you're in Seattle, I can give you a recommendation of somebody to talk to about that. About herbs? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Okay. So, um... Hal, do you want me to do that on air or off air? Let's go ahead and do that off air, but we'll post yeah. the information at the website, so if you're in a similar situation, you can head on over to AnimalRadio.com and learn okay. about what Joy's talking about there. Hold on okay. for one second there, Stephanie. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. If you want to learn more about Joy Turner, head to her website at JoyTurner.com, and of course, everything we talk about on the show today at AnimalRadio.com. Coming up. Still rescuing dogs and cats and animals from the wreckage in Haiti. We are going to take a look at that outpouring of international humanitarian aid that is heading for Haiti. It now includes some help for the animals. That's coming up in the news. Also on the show today, our friend, Dr. Marty Becker from Good Morning America. He has the scoop on staph infection and how you can get it from your dog or cat or how they can give it to you. Also today, Guinness World Book of Records joined us. Imagine a chihuahua. I think it was a chihuahua that was four inches long. Yeah. Coming up today. Plus, we'll have giveaways of their brand new book, Guinness's 2010. 1-866-405-8405. That's toll free for you right now. Hi, this is Jenna Fisher on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animals. When it comes to controlling cat box odor, there's no such thing as good enough. Buy the best or smell the rest. In other words, get World's Best Cat Litter with patented formulas made from whole kernel corn. World's Best Cat Litter is 100% natural and scientifically proven to deliver unsurpassed odor control, compact clumping, and longer-lasting use. See what a difference just one bag makes. And for a limited time, save big when you buy. To download a coupon, go to worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. Okay, time to check out the website I heard about, www.safeguardfordogs.com. There it is. Hi, I'm Don. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Here's a savings coupon for Safeguard K90 Wormers and even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one, www.safeguardfordogs.com. When I went looking for a quality allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. It's another new year and your debt is higher than ever. Credit card balances that keep growing. That's the bad news. 
but you can work through your debt problems with help from Credit Card Relief. No, we're not a consolidation loan, not another one of those credit counseling deals, and not bankruptcy. We've been helping people just like you for nearly a decade. Call Credit Card Relief right now. The consultation is free, and the relief is real. Call 866-800-5252. That's Credit Card Relief, 866-800-5252. 866-800-5252. You're listening to Animal Radio. This Healthy Helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by Blue Buffalo, makers of healthy and holistic natural food for dogs and cats. You love them like family, so feed them like family with Blue. Updating that story from a few weeks back. I know you're working on that dog rescue, the firefighter. What is his name? St. George's? Yeah. St. George's, yeah. Joe St. George's. The, the Guardian the has, who, has come out, right? The the person who asked. It's such a confusing story, yet very heartwarming. There is an explanation as to why it took the owner a little while to come on down and, and uh, retrieve the dog. But once you hear it, you'll totally understand. I well, I can't wait to hear it because I thought it was kind of a long time. I was a little suspicious, but it, well, normally now you have to remember that because Spikey turns out is his name did a little biting of the firefighter. He uh-huh. had to stay for ten day quarantine, regardless. Uh-huh. But there's a reason that the owners took a little while to get down there and claim him, and it's just real heartwarming when you hear the reaction of when the dog recognized the person walking in the door. Oh, good. That's all coming up in the news. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions as well as your dog behavior questions. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims with giveaways, Britt Savage, and uh, you. Is this Lisa on line three? Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? Hi. Great. How are you? Very good. Where are you? Uh, Avon Park, Florida. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's about 80 degrees, sun's out, it's not a cloud in the sky. Okay, so we've run into a city that's actually warmer than us today. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi. Well, hey there. How are you today? Oh, just better than I deserve. <laughs> you're such a sunny spirit there. <laughs> I can't believe. What are you calling about? I hope everything's well in your world. Oh, pretty good. I just got a I got a really cute cat. I should have called you about the funny names. His name's Tripod. Oh. He's a, yeah, he's a three-legged cat oh. with no tail. Wow. Oh, wow. How did that yeah, happen? happen to, yeah, tell us sure. how that happened. I, yeah, I kind of think it was a trauma, but I adopted him when he was about nine weeks old from the Humane Society, and no one seemed to know, so it's a mystery. Hmm. So, but he's, um... Well, we have a problem. Little tripod is like he's wanting to void in the areas he's not supposed to instead of in his box. What a polite term, by the way. Is, <laughs> well, I'm a nurse. That comes, yeah, it's just a nursing thing. Okay. But he, um, it, it started, he did really well for about seven months, no troubles, did his little business where he was supposed to. And we had, we had a Labrador retriever with seven puppies, and we brought him in when she whelped the puppies. And, we moved his box because she was in the um, utility room where he was, you know, where his box is. And okay. we moved the box out, moved everything out, closed the door, kept him away, you know, so it wouldn't freak him out. And then my husband came home from a deployment. He was gone for six months. Just, you know, things that rock a cat's world. You know, they just, I know they like their little routine. But now oh, he's definitely. taken to voiding on the bed, um, laundry. Those mm. are his spots now. But he's, he's, Doing his little BMs in his box. Okay. 
And where's the box right now that where you're keeping that? It's back in the laundry room. The dog's uh, out in her um, kennel now. Okay. So the, the dog, dog and, the and the puppies are moved away now? Yeah, everything's out. It's back to the way it was before. Okay. And this behavior started when the puppies were in the home? Yeah, that's when that started. It's like after, I couldn't pinpoint it exactly like when I brought the dog in, my husband came home. Um, it was a, this just seemed to be, hopefully that's just what triggered it and hopefully mm-hmm. I can get him yeah. back to yeah, and I'm going to tell you the the first thing that that I always like to bring up, and in your your situation kind of screams of a behavioral um, type trigger for this behavior. Mm-hmm. But I would still say I would want to check a urine sample just to make sure we don't have some low grade urinary issue going on. Um, okay. Because that if we don't address that, we're never going to get anywhere with the behavior. Or it's going to make things much harder. So one of the first things that I would do is I would like to give an alternate litter box location. Um, Mm -hmm. You can keep that one where you got it, but um, Mm -hmm. we really need to provide another location somewhere for a couple Mm -hmm. reasons. One one is if if this is the area that the dogs had... uh, inhabited before you know we might have some kind of aversion to the location now so we want to give a new area and maybe a quiet spot where she can kind of just you know get away and and be away from everyone in addition to this other site because we always want to have one extra litter pan um, than you have cat in the home so that would be definitely a big thing Um, I would like to see maybe um, using some uh, kitty pheromones the scent uh, hormones um, something we can't smell, but um, cats sure can, and it can help in some of these anxiety-related behaviors. And you can get those in a plug-in method or a uh, spray-type uh, administrator, and you spray your house with it. Um, yeah, I just but that, some. <laughs> fabulous. Yeah, that I love them for something like this. And you know, I will consider anxiety medicine if it's needed. But before we get there, I would try the pheromones the extra litter box locations, and I would give you a um, prescription for doing uh, about a 10 to 15 minute play session with your kitty every day, just so we make sure that we reaffirm that, you know, you're still a very important member in this household, and even though all this other ruckus was going on, we, you know, you're still very much a part of our family, and we want to make sure that you're stimulated mentally and physically. So I think that will really give you, give you some help there, but uh, make sure we don't uh, skip out on the possibility of the urine check there. Right. We'll, we'll take care of that. Yeah, he's normally, he's a nervous Nelly anyway. He's just his personality. Izzy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love his name. <laughs> you know, I've yeah, seen tripod. a couple tripods here. Definitely. They are, they're adorable. I think something, there's something kind of unique about having a pet that's missing a body part. <laughs> yeah, he's, like I said, he's missing too, his tail and his foot. <laughs> so. yeah. Lots of personality. Well, thank you so much for your call there, Lisa. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Animal Radio, it's Vinny Penn, your party animal, coming at you yet again. Uh, If you were paying attention to uh, the last episode's party animal installment, you know we're doing, we're getting a little art house here, got a subtitle going. We're doing the Cruiser Chronicles. Cruiser is uh, my mini schnauzer uh, of my youth that I had. uh, He ran the show. He ran the Penn household for over 10 uh, years. I was telling a story in the last installment about uh, Cruiser eating uh, about 30 pounds worth of chocolate, probably, <laughs> and surviving. Uh, and now I've got, I've got an even better 
cruiser story for you all, although it does start on a somber note. I'll just let you know, recently, my older sister called me, an old friend of my mother's had passed away, uh, hadn't seen her in ages, and she said, you know, we should pay our respects. We should go to the wake. And we went to the wake, of course, to pay respects. Really, I hadn't seen her in, in, in ages, since the 90s. When we were leaving, my sister said, gee, when was the last time you saw her? I've, I've been seeing her around lately. You probably haven't seen her in a million years. I said, Laura, uh, Lori, I, I haven't. Uh, and I started thinking about the last time I saw her, and it was actually, and we were in hysterics, which you never feel good about being in hysterics on the way home from awake. I mean, there's at least a, a, a sliver of guilt. Uh, but nonetheless, I said, gee, I remember what it was. She had come to the house. She was visiting mom. And while she was visiting mom, Cruiser took a dump in her pocketbook. <laughs> Not even kidding you. Um, the sick part is she didn't even realize we always said that Cruiser acted like his his crap didn't stink. You know the old saying? Yeah, you act like your crap doesn't stink. Well, uh, Cruiser's evidently did. He acted that way, and it was because it didn't, because she made it all the way out to her car. God rest her soul without knowing there were two dog turds in her pocketbook. I don't know if Cruiser was sending a message, if there was something in the pocketbook that had... Um, Made him feel as if this was the perfect spot. Maybe he just felt like she she was a uh, she would she'd take it outside for him. Uh, who knows? Only Cruiser knows. Uh, but inadvertently, this gives me an idea: the doggy poop pocketbook. Hmm. I'll make a lot of money out of that. All I need is a distributor. Vinnie Penn, Animal Radio. Bobby, did Sandra Bullock ever find her dog? You know, I was just checking on that because she was she was using the same internet search um, agency that Jessica Simpson used um, when pet her dog was, pet was taken. No, it, that's what I think. It's findtoto.com. Findtoto.com. They're, they were looking for Cinnabon, their nine-month-old puppy that vanished uh, back on the 25th of January. Do they so suspect foul play? I, I don't know. In Jessica Simpson's... You know, circumstances the coyote one, and that's just food chain related. You can't pretty, you can't do anything about that. But uh, they are offering a two thousand dollars reward. That's Sandra Bullock and her husband Jesse James. So Ooh. if you see their little puppy, please contact findtoto.com. I'm looking for a picture of it, and if we find it, we'll post it up there at the website. It's supposed it's, it's a it's a little. It looks. I saw a picture of her. She's very cute, and uh, she looks like a little um, pit bull. Just really adorable. Staffordshire Terrier, more appropriate. I see as they clean up there in Haiti that we're going to be having a guest from IDA on. Is that correct, Judy? What's going on? Yes, he's going to talk to us about what they're doing with the relief efforts for not only uh, pets, but farm animals as well. Oh, good. You know, uh, Did you know there's over half a million dogs in Port-au-Prince alone? Yeah, you know what? The animals weren't in good condition to begin with. So true, the true. earthquake, I mean, a lot of them were not uh, uh, spayed or neutered or, or vaccinated it's or about, taken care right, of. Right, only yeah. about 100,000 of them even have rabies shots. Yeah, quite a different situation, and we'll it, uh, get up to date in just a much. few minutes. Is he on the phone? Oh, cool. He's waiting. Hey, Joey. 
Hello, Hal. How are you? Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, Joey Volani, who's going to be joining the Animal Radio Zoo crew in uh, within the next couple of weeks here. And I, I wanted to make sure everything's on time. We're, we're still set to have you start and see if you're excited about it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I figure I could, maybe I could bring a little bit more style to the, to the zoo team. That's, we that's need style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need it. All right, now, we're leaning really Italian here. Of course, Bobby here, who does uh, news. Say hi, Bobby. Hey, Joey. How are you? Hello, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing I don't well. think there's any more of an Italian than me, though. That's, that's one thing I have to say. Uh, I don't know. See, it's the whole. It's the first name, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome you on board. Now, what kind of things will you be discussing? What kind of questions will you be answering? What do you consider your expertise? Well, my expertise is definitely in in, in style and grooming. But I've been in the in the pet industry for um, I'm going to say approximately I think it's about 36 years. So I've touched on I've touched on basically everything. And of course, you were the judge on Groomer Has It, which I understand was going to come back and then wasn't going to come back on Animal Planet. I understand that it just cost too much to money to produce. Or who was the host on that? I forget. Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. Jay Rodriguez was. You know what? It was a costly show for them. Um, it actually did pretty good in, in, in the ratings, but I still do a um, Dogs 101 with them and we're working on we're working on a few other things as well. Very excited to have you join our team. We look forward to speaking with you live in the studios. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we welcome Joey Villani to our airwaves. We'll talk to you later, okay? I look forward. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Take care of yourself. See you, Joey. There you go. Joey Villani joined the Animal Radio Zoo. What do you think about he that? He got Bobby? drafted just like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> this is Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. We're doing news, Hal. Jeez, come on. Wake up. Wake up. Yeah. Get with the program Get over with here. The pro- Seriously, Judy, your closest, go smack him on the back of the head and reboot that thing. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter made from whole kernel corn. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The outpouring of international humanitarian aid continues to arrive in earthquake-ravaged Haiti, but now comes word that the animals are getting much-needed relief, too. Led by the International Fund for Animal Welfare out of Yarmouthport, Massachusetts, aid workers are setting up mobile clinics to assist the pets, including the more than half million dogs in Port-au-Prince alone. The organization will also work to keep the island nation's five million head of livestock healthy at this crucial time. And updating a story we brought you last week, the rescued German shepherd plucked from the storm-swollen L.A. River in a spectacular aerial effort has been reunited with his owner. Spikey is his real name. He's the name of the pooch who captured media attention across the country, but not so much on the Spanish language stations. And that's why it took some time before 70-year-old Maria Medina knew where her missing dog was. Medea speaks only Spanish, and the language barrier contributed to the delayed reunion. Medina said Spikey's brother, a yellow lab named Polo, had been picked up by animal control the same day. Medina thinks her grandchildren left the gate open, allowing the dogs to escape the little scoundrels. When a family friend went to the Southeast Area Animal Control Authority to get Spikey, staff said the dog, quote, went nuts when he saw him like he found a long-lost friend, uh, oh, 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 Okay, how long was it between the, un- the time they were reunited and they found the dog? How long was it? That? Was, it was a, a close to 10 days. 10 close days. to 10 days. And you're telling yeah. me no Spanish stations reported this? I mean, this was all over the TV and everything. I mean, do you really buy that? 
Well, according to the lady who only speaks Spanish, I have to, Hal. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the they dogs recorded are... it, but she just wasn't watching it at the time. Yeah, okay. the exactly. Off. Remember, it was monsooning. People were doing other things. And again, the Spanish language stations did not pick it up as the English language stations did and we're just massively all over it because we're that way. Okay. The American Kennel Club released results for what they call the most popular purebred in the country and for the 19th consecutive year the Labrador Retriever sits in the top spot. The rankings are based upon yearly registration with the AKC by breeders and those stats show the German Shepherd Overtaking the Yorkie this time for the number two spot, Shepherds became the top breed in the early 1900s, but lost popularity after the Second World War. The 2009 rankings showed the rest of the top ten. At number four was the Golden Retriever. The Beagle was five. Number six was the Boxer. Followed by the Bulldog at number seven. Dachshund placed eighth, beating out number nine Poodle. And the Shih Tzu rounded out the top ten. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Here's a tip for choosing a litter. Try a litter that resembles what cats naturally use. Soft, fine-grained litters most closely resemble the sand and dirt preferred by cats in the wild. Secondly, remember that cats have a keen sense of smell, so choose a litter that doesn't include perfumes. Get more tips from Dr. McPete at www.worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Herb Springer's Quick Release Dog Training Collar. Very humane, very gentle. Find a store near you at AnimalRadio.com. This is Animal Radio, baby. It's Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie. Oh, it looks like she's already broken her New Year's resolution, so I'm not even going to say what it was. <laughs> Vinnie Penn, animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, Bobby working on news, uh, Britt Savage. We're all here for you at your beck and call. And joining us, our good friend, Dr. Marty Becker. Are you calling from home there in Idaho? Oh, it's cold. Oh, yes, I'm calling from uh, Almost Heaven Ranch in North Idaho. It was a low of minus two last night. Oh, well, anytime you want to come on down to Central California and warm up, uh, you always have a couch to sleep on here. You don't have to worry about frozen pipes down there, do you? No, that's no, not a problem. what's that? Yeah. I, is that something you're dealing with right now? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like Actually, my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law both have uh, toilets that don't work, oh. and my other neighbor has a, a pipeline that's frozen, and... When it stays freezing like this for a long time, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. Right now, unfortunately, the cold brings a lot of sickness, and I understand that actually about twelve percent of our country right now is sick. Believe. Well, I don't know if this is accurate. Came. I saw it on Fox. That's all I can say, (laughs) and it may be true. It may not be true, but that's a lot of people right now. And uh, the way to keep clean. Use uh, all your Purell and keep your hands clean, and don't be breathing into your pet because your pets, especially if you have that H1N1, they can get. This virus, as we've seen. There's also that staph infection. What is a staph infection exactly, doctor? Well, this is one that's scary. Uh, I've had two family members. My son, who's 19, got it. My brother-in-law got a staph. The the one that's scary, staph in itself is not good, but methicillin-resistant staph aureus. What Uh that basically means is there's not very many antibiotics that kill that staph. Uh And you'll see it in pets and people. It's often a real red, angry kind of sore. It's like a, like a red pimple. It really hurts. It's still full of pus. Uh, There's a ring around it, uh-huh. and, and it doesn't heal. 
And the bad thing is it can, you know, it tends to colonize the nasal cavities or the mouths of, uh, of both pets and people. Mm. But the surprising thing you're seeing now, they first noticed this in service animals that are going into hospital settings and we're transferring MRSA back and forth. Yeah. But what we're finding out now is pets and people will ping pong it back and forth. The person will have it give it to the pet. The pet will keep it in there like a little furry swiffer and give it back to people. And so there's some new changes now. Okay. Uh, for, for years, my mantra, you've always heard me say, whatever I've communicated, get rid of the risk, keep the pet. Don't be too alarmed. You know, you don't hear a veterinarian's dropping dead right and left. No. And there's nobody that comes in contact with more zoonotic diseases than veterinarians, but there's some emerging risks we need to be really careful about. So here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to wash your hands before you play with your pet and after. Okay. Now, always before, we just said, you know, wash your hands before you eat, wash your hands after you play with your pet. You should wash your hands before you play with your pet so you don't transfer staff to your pet. Yeah, okay. Good idea. And then when you bathe your pet, ask your veterinarian about some of these new uh, antimicrobial shampoos. Mm. Uh, there are several kinds out there that are really good, uh, but that will actually, when you're bathing, it actually kills the staff that resides on the pet. And if your pet has a little red, angry, open sore that's not healing, you need to take it in because that's, that's probably staph. You'll often see it down in the, in the groin area. Huh. It's a bad one, and it's getting worse. You're hearing a lot about it in different healthcare facilities. Here's one thing that's interesting. They found out they were looking at households that had MRSA. They went in and tested them at random mm-hmm. and tried to figure out why they had it. Were the kids in daycare? Did they uh, work out at a, at a gymnasium, you know, a spa or something? Or not a spa, but a health club. Uh, were they involved with health care? What they found out is cats. If you have cats, you're eight times more likely to have wow. a bath. Mm. And what that means is you've got to use a product on them. Uh, you're giving it to the cats more than the cats are giving it to you. I want to emphasize that. But uh, there's some new products out uh, that you can just spray and leave on your cat. Now, a bigger risk, though, remember some of the things. We know rabies. You know, uh, rabies is that lethal disease sure. that transmissible animals to people, and that's why we vaccinate pets for it. Uh-huh. One of the things you don't know about when you get that distemper parvo, lep- leptospirosis, parainfluenza combination vaccine. Oh, yeah. I'm still lepto- paying for that. Leptospirosis uh-huh. is one that's transmissible to people. It's spread oh. in the urine. So mm. when you're getting your pet vaccinated for lepto, you're actually protecting the human family oh, from good. lepto. good. And then the, probably the biggest thing you can do is two things. One is use that pooper scooper. Uh-huh. You know, you remember back when the hot zone came out when Ebola virus was in Africa and there was in movies and all this stuff about this deadly Ebola virus? Well, you want to you see the hot zone. Just go in your backyard in the lawn and all the internal parasites that are there, or worse yet, is a communal mm. dog park or a, or a rest area by a, you know, off the interstate. Uh, you've got to be really careful out there. And if you pick the feces up at least every other day, the feces never get to the infective stage. So you'll, you'll keep your, your whole lawn in that area uh, cleaner. Mm. And you need to use uh, monthly parasite control. Uh, the Companion Animal Parasite Council, which is uh, a consortium of CDC, the American Academy of Family Practitioners, and, and various uh, veterinary groups, they recommend lifetime parasite control for all pets, uh, regardless of geographic location. Because the parasites will give it uh, give the staph infection to another animal? Well, what we're talking about here is, is fleas and ticks and internal parasites. Uh-huh. So, you know, those things, those products you're using like, uh, you know, Comfortus or Frontline Plus or yeah. Vanix or any of those things, what you're doing, you're, you're not only protecting the pet from heartworm, uh, ehrlichiosis, Lyme disease, uh, flea allergy dermatitis, but you're also protecting the human family. 
because, you know, you guys, we all let our pets, uh, you know, they have intimate contact with us now, sure. and, and these things are microscopic. You can't see it. So by just doing monthly parasite control, you're you're protecting the entire family. Okay. I think i got to go clean the yard now. I, I was so. looking at it this morning. There's a lot of poop out there. Well, I actually, of... I actually, listen, I actually talked to veterinary parasitologists about this. I, I want to emphasize, as long as you pick the yard up at least every other day, they'll never reach the infective stage, ever. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not a good thing to throw in the uh, uh, throw in the environment. By no. the way, there's some little things that fit on septic cleanouts and stuff. Now they're a little better way to dispose of that stuff because you know that's a that's a growing problem too. Okay, we're going to post all this information over at animalradio.com. Thank you for keeping the most important thing forefront for us, Doctor Becker, Marty Becker, joining us today, and we'll see you on Good Morning America very soon. Thank you, my friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A dog owner in Scotland wasn't sure what to make of his dog's rattling stomach. When Chris Morrison took his dog Oscar to the vet, he had no idea what was wrong with his five-year-old lab. The vet suspected Oscar might have eaten something other than dog food, but when he went into his stomach, he was stunned. Vet Bob Hesketh found 13 golf balls. One of them was black from having been inside Oscar for so long. Oscar's owner explained that he and Oscar loved to take long walks on the golf course at night and in the early morning. He knew Oscar liked golf balls and enjoyed bringing them home. He had no idea he was swallowing them. Oscar's now on a diet of watered-down food until his stomach heals, and although he can still go for walks on the golf course, he wears a muzzle as part of his no-golf-ball diet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hi, this is Emmy Lou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pet. When I went looking for a quality, allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and, most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. Phyto-Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel and destination reviews, health and wellness topics, dog training advice, and the latest fashion trends. You can find Phyto-Friendly magazine at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, and Petco, or simply go online to phytofriendly.com and subscribe today. Phyto-Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the only magazine your dog will thank you for. Why read a newspaper in the age of the Internet? Because you take the time to think things through, like your love of animals. You want to know where your voice and donations can be most effective. Animal People is the newspaper for people who care enough about animals to give real thought to how best to help animals. Request your free sample copy at www.animalpeoplenews.org. 
When it comes to controlling cat box odor, there's no such thing as good enough. Buy the best or smell the rest. In other words, get World's Best Cat Litter with patented formulas made from whole kernel corn. World's Best Cat Litter is 100% natural and scientifically proven to deliver unsurpassed odor control, compact clumping, and longer-lasting use. See what a difference just one bag makes. And for a limited time, save big when you buy. To download a coupon, go to worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. This is Animal Radio, baby. Seems like we're getting a lot of calls these last few days about the food that we're talking about a lot. Stella and Chewies. And, of course, this is I the food. I just like saying it is Stella the name and makes you feel so good, doesn't it? <laughs> And, of course, I actually uh, gave you some for uh, Slater, and Slater mm-hmm. likes it. Slater's a cat, of course. And let me just tell you how picky he is. I mean, seriously picky, this cat. Again, not my cat. Lives next door. Thinks he lives here. But he <laughs> loved the Stella and Chewies. You really know why did. he thinks he lives there is because you're giving him Stella and Chewies, and whatever he you has know, at that home might is be. probably... Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing about Stella and Chewies, it has the healthy ingredients we want. It's a raw diet. And it's freeze-dried, so it doesn't have to be preserved like most raw diets have to be. And it's real easy. It's like a little patty. You put it out, put a little water in there, and within a minute, it hydrates itself, and the animals just love it. And they continue to love it. Days after they first started it. For Ladybug. Yeah, she'll start a food. For a couple days, and then that's it. She still loves it. She Well, and you can switch it up because you can serve it to them dry, too, right? You don't, yeah. you don't have to add the they, liquid. You can break it up into little treats. Right. And it is the official food of Animal Radio. So when you're calling and asking, what is that food we're talking about? It's Stella and Chewies. And you can visit their website at StellaAndChewies.com. Or if you're not into that internet thingy, because like me, I didn't <laughs> think know it would take, take off at yes. all. Yeah. yeah. 888-477-8977 is their phone number. 888-477-8977. And of course, you can purchase it right from the front of AnimalRadio.com. That's right, it's Hal. He's the one who spells technology with a K. <laughs> Remember that dog in last week's news that got rescued from the L.A. River? Yeah. Turns out he has a name, Spikey. And uh, the firefighter, what is St. George's? What was his name? Joe St. George's. Apparently now Ellen has uh, announced that he's a single man. and he's Well, Ellen had, yeah, Ellen had the whole crew on her show uh, about a week after the rescue. Uh-huh. And... Obviously, Joe is sitting there with his thumb still bandaged from the bite. Uh-huh. And Ellen just asked him, are you married? You know, how'd your wife feel about this? And he said, oh, I'm single. And pretty much right then and there, she put him on the auction block. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> now, I also understand that it took almost 10 days for the guardian of Spikey to come forth and say, hey, that's my dog. The 70-year-old grandma who yes. speaks only Spanish, Hal? Is yes. that who you're referring to? And apparently it wasn't yeah. reported on uh, television, Spanish-speaking spe- Spanish television. Spanish stations didn't, didn't pick up the story with the fervor that the English-speaking media did. And that's, you know, right here in the U.S. So, in Los Angeles, though. I mean, LA, I know. where the top... The top TV, well, the top radio stations are Spanish stations. Yeah, I, I mean, really? I'm I'm confused as you guys are, but again, language barrier and 
the dog was reclaimed by the owners. The family friend showed up at the shelter, and the staff said that he went. The dog went absolutely nuts when he saw him. Okay, well, so he totally recognized him. The animal control went out, inspected the whole property. Uh-huh. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Okay, we're blaming the grandkids for leaving the gate open. Okay, well, it's another good reason to have a microchip in your animal. Yeah, That's true, definitely. and he did. Spikey had a collar on, but he had no tag on that mm. collar. E. So that's being addressed and corrected. Well, we're so glad that he's happy and reunited with uh, yeah, Grandma and everybody. I understand it was a heartwarming reunion. They, they, the staff at the shelter said when this German Shepherd saw this family friend show up, he just went nuts, and you could tell that the dog knew the person. There was no question. This is Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. Thanks for the list, Judy. You're welcome. Hopefully I didn't forget anybody. <laughs> it's Animal Radio, one 405 And I think, uh, see, I have the names right. I believe we have Jeremy online for. Hi, Jeremy. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you guys doing today? Good. Where are you? I am in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, nice place. Well, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Hello. Yeah, great. Hi, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful today. What do you got going on with you? Uh, well... My dog, Nitro, I found him as a stray at the drag strip. That's how I got his name. <laughs> but um, he is a Border Collie mix. And what my issue is with him, he's a spinner. And we don't know if it's because he needs something to do at the house, you know, as far as the job goes, or if he's just got some kind of neurotic issues that we need to take care of. <laughs> so when you say spinning, we're not talking he's not going to a biking class. He's actually, like, going in circles then. I thought oh, it was like a one of the Motown spinners. Yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah, Good. that's it. <laughs> no, um, actually, you know, he can do it on command. If I say the word go, it's, you know, he starts spinning. Sometimes it's a funny trick, but, you know, I don't know. Wow. You know, we're, we're trying to get him to stop, but yet, you know, we find it amusing too, so we don't. But on the other hand... <laughs> Um, the hair dryer, the lawnmower, the weed blower, you know, the snap of my laptop closing sends him into circles. And it's not like he's chasing his tail. And um, I don't know if it's some kind of mental issue he's got because he's, you know, should have a working dog. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just something else I need to look into. Yeah. And, you know, we do see a lot of different of, of the collie breeds that can have some of these almost obsessive spinning behaviors. And it's something that, yes, they will do very commonly as part of an anxiety kind of component. Now, there can be some weird medical things that can cause that. Um, so there's a remote possibility we could be dealing with something like um, a hydrocephalus or lead poisoning or some other type of brain disease that could cause that. But especially if it's a situational trigger that are things that are you know either upsetting to him or that make him react, um, then I would say very likely we would want to address the behavioral part of it. And you kind of hit upon one big thing is that you know with these guys that have some of these anxiety problems, I like to get them a job. Get them something to do. Physical activity. Another thing we do, we've got an actual public dog park here in Chattanooga, and Mm -hmm. we'll take him down there, and if there's like a whole lot of dogs, you know, about 10 or 15, he runs the whole perimeter of the dog park until he gets them all within a five, maybe five or six foot radius circle, and he just keeps running around, making sure (laughs) nobody gets out of the back. 
So, so he's hurting him. <laughs> that's exactly. I mean, so we know his job there. And also, um, we've got him on puppy Prozac. Mm. You do? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and was that intended for this purpose, uh, for the circling? I do think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're, you've already kind of worked with your veterinarian on this, and they prescribed that then? Yes. I mean, sometimes it calms him down, and, you know, sometimes he's just, Gotta go, gotta go. Hyper pursuit mode. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'd say it's really important when we're using a behavioral medicine for some of these anxiety driven problems that we also work on the behaviors. So if you're kind of uh, encouraging these behaviors, um, you know, giving him positive reinforcement in any way of you know talking to him, you know, laughing with him when he's doing it, that is actually counterproductive to that drug therapy. So it's right. really important that we stop that and that we focus on practicing calm behaviors. So kind of the basis always falls back to behavior training, and that would be practicing sit-stay downs and, and having him hold those positions for gradually longer periods of time because that's kind of a um, uh, practices the calm behavior, and it also gives him some duration. So he kind of focuses on something, and it's kind of like a kid with ADD. You know, we've got to kind of keep his attention at you and what you're asking him to do and not how he wants to react to some of these other right. things. And then then when he's faced with um, that loud noise, um, you know, the laptop closing, whatever it might be, then we can practice those sit-down sit behaviors and try to direct his attention to that and not to his coping mechanism, which is the spinning kind of thing. So I would definitely work on that. And the Prozac, um, if you're using that, are you using that consistently? Yes, we give it to him um, in the afternoon when we give him his afternoon meal. And um, that way it keeps him calm through the night. And then he stays, you know, we put both our dogs in a crate while we're going to work during the day. Okay. So we've got him crate trained. I can tell him, go get in his box. He knows exactly where to go. And Good. we've also we've also got another dog. She's a border collie Australian Shepherd mix, and she's well behaved. I mean, we got her the canine good citizen training as a pup, and done some obedience training with her, so she's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And Nitro, the border collie or the Sheltie mix, he's a good dog too, minus the fact with his spinning obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I keep up with the you know the behavioral meds because I think that can really help. And in some pets, I'll also add in something else if they're faced with really bad situations, like if you know that there's going to be a lot of people around, things that might get him going. Um, I'll t- I'll touch him up with something like alprazolam, which is kind of in the Valium family, and we can use those for individual situations on top of the Prozac if necessary. Um, okay. Goal is to try to help him, not make him a drugged out dog, um, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I think you're, you're, you've got a lot of the, the right ideas. Um, just make sure the whole household is on game with that. And um, a lot of these spinners, <laughs> as we call them, um, we may not be able to cure them of that. We may still have some of that residual spinning. So there's a certain level that you kind of live with, um, and we just try to decrease their anxiety, help them become more focused, you know, a more relaxed pet, and, uh, you know, better family member there. So 
Hope that's of some help for you there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. What do you got going on in the newsroom? Uh, we are going to take a look at that outpouring of international humanitarian aid that is heading for Haiti. It now includes some help for the animals. That's coming up in the news. 1-866-405-8405. Oh, and did you see the poor firefighter who did the rescue of the dog on the Ellen Show? And she totally outed him. The poor guy's single. He's probably never going to be able to open all the emails he's going to get now. Oh, what, what do you mean she outed him? Well, she, you know, outed him. She asked him, are you married? He's like, no, I'm single. So it was, she pretty much shopped him right there. <laughs> Ellen is my favorite pimp. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> is Animal Radio Network. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Uh, I feel like I just woke up. I don't know what, what it is. I don't know about you. You look the same way today. Like uh, you didn't want to wake up today. Yeah, you too, Bobby. It's a late night. I'm going to blame whatever that over-the-counter sleep aid is that I took that said there'd be no adverse effects the morning after. They lie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't do any sleepwalking. Uh, not, not. I'll did... just check YouTube for videos. <laughs> I'll find out. <laughs> uh, we're all here. We're here to answer your questions. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical and behavior questions. Vinnie Penn is here. Animal communicator Joy Turner. Susan Sims. Uh, Bobby working on news. And uh, I understand today we're going to be talking to the guy from Hotel Penn again. We do this every year. Every year, yes. This is one of the official hotels of the Westminster show that starts, what, Monday night? It's Monday night, I believe. Yes, Monday and Tuesday. He always uh, says he's the official hotel, but I've seen some other hotels say they're the official hotel. Say the same no, thing. No. This yeah. is it, Hotel That's Pen. <laughs> we're the official radio show of animal lovers. And we can prove it. Yeah. Coming up today, we're also going to be talking about Haiti. We have uh, from In Defense for Animals. Is it In Defense for Animals? Right, IDA. They are uh, apparently still rescuing dogs and cats and animals from the wreckage the mayhem that continues to unfold in Haiti. I see you're working on a cuddly chicken story or a chicken cuddling story. I don't really You get know it. here at Animal Radio, we do not judge. Okay, unless we've been asked to appear on American Idol. But yes. n- normally we don't. And we consider all animals to be pets, if that's what you think they sure, are. Yes. And apparently there is a gentleman in New York who has a chicken, and he was having fun with it on the subway, and once again, video goes viral. We'll tell you as much as we know, coming up in the news. one 405 to talk to anyone in the Dream Team. Jerry Grimack joins us yearly from Hotel Penn. He's one of the hotels that hosts some of the dogs there, so I, uh, we always like to find out what kind of things they offer to the dogs, what kind of swanky things, and of course... These are the kinds of things that Ladybug would probably really enjoy. Stay oh, yes, she would. Hotel Pen. Yeah, maybe next year we'll go. Hey, Jerry, how are you doing? Hey, how Judy? Great to hear from you. Hey. How are you both doing? Good. 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 This is Bobby over here. Say hi to Bobby. Oh, my hey, Jerry. Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hi there. Yeah, we're all here. How you doing? It. Very good. Very good. It's great to hear from you again. We chat every year, and I look forward to it. So, now tell me, what do you got special for the dogs this year at the Westminster Kennel Club show? 
Go out the hotel Pennsylvania. No one does it like the hotel pen. Let's put it that way. We cater to the four-legged guests like we do the two-legged guests. Ah. We have this year, aside from last year's lower-level dog spa, with jog dog treadmills, his and her bathrooms, bathing tubs, grooming tables. We, are, we have the upstairs ballrooms now. We have a big vendor expo in the big ballrooms on the top penthouse floor. And we're doing a bark bar, which is basically... A bark bar. I call it Yappy Hour. Oh, okay. Yappy Hour. Wow. (laughs) Yappy Hour. And we invite Ladybug to come because it happens over uh, Valentine's Day weekend this year. Oh, very cool. (laughs) And over the course of the weekend, it's basically owners and their dogs can go up to relax and have a drink. And, and share with friends, stories, just chat, get comfortable before the show. What kind of things do the uh, dogs, they're under a lot of stress, and sometimes the owners like to, to really pamper them before the show. What kind of things do you find? Uh, room service, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Strange orders from room service? I do little things because some people come without a handler, without an assistant, they're alone. They can't leave the dog in the room alone. So they'll ask me for a favor, and I'll go get them key things to make their dog feel comfortable before the show. Yeah. Believe it or not, things like chicken sandwiches, uh-huh. meatballs, meatballs with cheese and extra sauce. Wow. Oh, that sounds Pizza. Now. Yeah. That does <laughs> this is for the dogs, right? <laughs> That's right. This is for the dogs. Oh, okay. Well, and some, sometimes I share it with the dogs. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, send us some pictures from the crazy animals that are going to be there this year, okay? Will do. Will do. Have a great weekend. You too. There you go. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry Grimek. Uh, really not adding a lot to the show, but he made me very hungry. He made me hungry for meatballs. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> right now, uh, Judy is screening calls. Dr. Debbie is taking your calls, your medical and vet questions, uh, as well as your behavior questions. Vinnie Penn is with us. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. You're listening to Animal Radio. Welcome, my friend. It's Animal Radio. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Bobby working on news, closed in her little blue-colored booth as she twitters to you. She's our little social networking butterfly. Dr. Debbie, she walks in every weekend, and she puts on rubber gloves for this show. I don't understand why. I guess it's sort of a... Yeah, I think it, just, it snaps you to attention yeah. now it really does. when I do it. I can just see now. your back go, whoa! Oh, yes. <laughs> she can answer your vet medical questions. Animal communicator Joy Turner, she can uh, bridge that gap between you and your animal, perhaps a childhood animal. Susan Sims with Phyto-Friendly Travel Talk, and Bobby, and uh, now we have Kim. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? Hi, great. Where are you today? Um, actually, I'm in my vehicle traveling back from Texas, and oh. I was listening to the show, and uh, on my way back to Indiana, um, and I had a question for Dr. Debbie. She's right here for you. Here I am. Hey, what can we do for you? Well, my problem is I uh, I have three rescued dogs. Two of them are Weimaraners. Uh, I've had them for three years. Uh, Sergeant, the oldest male, they told me, when I got him from the rescue site, that uh, he had had a, an allergic reaction to a rabies vaccine. So um, my vet has him on a different type of a rabies vaccine, but what they didn't tell us at the time was he has all kinds of allergies. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we've tried different things. Uh, my vet and I, we've done uh, 
he's had his thyroid checked. He's had uh, literally had to have surgery on one of his ears. He developed a hematoma from all the shaking, and it's really uh, it affects his ears the worst. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's anything else that we can do or try, you know, to see if we can get him some relief. Uh, what the regime we have him on now that seems to you know keep it moderated the best is he takes Benadryl and he takes about six a day and they're 50 milligram each so he's he's getting about 300 milligrams of Benadryl a day. I'm assuming he's a big size boy then. Yes he's 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 about 106 pounds. Oh yeah yeah that sounds about right you know, as far as for yeah. a, a good sized fella. It would knock us on our toes <laughs> to the floor yeah. but uh, dogs yeah. are different. And, and so what else besides the Benadryl then? Um, then he, uh, I changed food. We tried, uh, we tried the prescription diet, which you know didn't get any uh, any relief from that. But what I did do was change them to uh, Nutro dog food, which is okay. supposed to be good for you know skin allergies and so forth. Their coats are beautiful, but he still, without the Benadryl, um, he you know he just will drive himself crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost on his on the inside of his ears. It almost looks like he has eczema. But uh, we biopsied him uh, three months ago when they did the surgery on the hematoma. We went ahead and biopsied and sent it in, and they couldn't find you know it was no type of uh, a mite or anything like that. And like I said, they they checked you know did blood work and so forth. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if, if we do that. And then there's also a, a special shampoo that I bathe him in that kind of you know helps relieve it somewhat. But didn't know if you knew of any other avenue that we might approach, or maybe I need to do an elimina- elimination diet with him. Maybe there's, you know, I'm yeah, just kind yeah, of that- at a loss. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And with, uh, you know, the. The elimination diets, there's, you know, a lot of different ones to try. So if you try one or two, sometimes, you know, there's there's other ones out to try. And every every dog is different on what they respond to, whether they do well with a special a modified um, limited antigen diet, such as like a, a lamb and rice diet or a venison potato diet. And other dogs do better with the other style, what we call the hydrolyzed protein diet. So, you know, you can kind of mix it up. And if you haven't switched between the two methods, then I, you know, talk to your vet about that because that might be a, a, a relatively simple thing we can try before we get start getting into some of the heavy duty stuff. Because I'd have to say, you know, that Kim, it sounds like your veterinarian has done a tremendous job in trying to manage this condition. And, and that is the frustrating part is that, Allergies are such a huge chronic problem that um, sometimes we do our best to battle it and to control it, but we don't always win. Um, but we just try to keep the pet, the pet comfortable and to prevent some of the side effects, you know, like the hematoma, which is basically a big blood blister on the ear that develops from a lot of scratching and infections. Oh, yeah. It was like the yeah, size so, of a hot dog. <laughs> oh, golly, yeah. Now, the, the next steps that I would go, and, um, you know, if, if you were here in my office and we've tried all those avenues and I'm comfortable that, you know, we had a, you know, all of the different medicines that we've tried have not brought on a good response, what I would look at is the possibility of doing some allergy testing. Um, And in your area, that if you have a specialist around, that can be done through a a veterinary dermatologist. If you don't have a specialist around, then a lot of general practitioners can do a different style of allergy testing. And um, my preferred way that I like to do allergy testing is with the dermatologist where we do a skin patch testing, where basically they 
test the pet against all the common antigens or the allergens in your area. Um, household things, trees, shrubs, human dander, believe it or not, pets can be allergic to. Um, they can test for those things, and um, that is done through a specialist. And Now, if you're not inclined to do that or that's not readily available, then a lot of practices um, at mine, we will send out a blood allergy test. So we basically draw blood and send it out to a lab where they test in vitro, you know, in a and basically in a test, what potential allergens we might be sensitive to. And, and that can help in developing a set of antigens or shots that you can give to help desensitize a sergeant to some of those common things because you may not be able to eliminate things in his environment such as trees, right. grass, you know, and neighbors would have a problem with that. So, <laughs> so yeah, an allergen therapy, actually, I'm sorry? They actually have, they actually have, we did the blood test uh, and mm-hmm. sent it off and then the biopsy, one of the specialists that she sent it to was a dermatologist affiliated with uh, Purdue University out of uh, oh, Indiana. Super. So it's like, you know, I mean, and we're, we're able to keep him, you know, comfortable that way, but I just feel like, okay, you know, I, am I going to shut his liver down eventually with all the Benadryl? You know. Yeah, and Benadryl won't typically, you know, create a lot of concerns in that way. Um, right. As far as if we were using heavy doses of steroids, which is kind of the next therapy that you can get into if antihistamines don't work. Um, but uh-huh. steroids are kind of a slippery slope because they can help allergies, but then you get the whole gamut of side effects with that. Now, uh-huh. besides. Um, prednisone or steroids, then we can actually look at cyclosporine. And if you haven't looked at that with your veterinarian, that might be another option. For a large dog, it can be very costly in the initial uh, phases of starting the medicine. But if we can wean our pets down to maybe just a few times a week dosing, it can become more financially uh, uh, reasonable. Um, But that's basically an immune-modulating drug. um, And one of the brand names of that out now is called Atopica. And I have a lot of success with that for allergy patients especially if, you know, they've been on prednisone and other therapies and just aren't getting, you know, everything uh-huh. we want. So you might add that into the regimen as well. So. And it was called Atopica? Atopica. Mm-hmm. Atopica. Okay, yeah, because we've had him on the prednisone and, and uh, you know, and, he, and don't get me wrong, he's 100% better than what he was when I rescued him. Um, you know, but I just at this point I thought, well, you know, there's got to be something that we could do, so... Um, I will yeah. broach that with her when I get back to Indiana and, and uh, because he really uh, is a great dog, you know. Go and give him a big old just, hug from all of us and let us know yeah, how it turns I, out. I will do that. Thank you so much for we, your time. We appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, this is Caesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Did you know that your dog could have intestinal worms even if he's on a heartworm prevention program? For more complete protection, deworm your dog twice a year with broad spectrum Safeguard Canine Dewormer. To find out more, visit www.safeguardfordogs.com. 
as you all know, many, many emails. I would like to address two most common for the last few weeks, okay. which I received. People asking me, Vladi, what the heck dog training color you are always recommending? And my answer would be Herm Springer. It's a German. Herm Springer dog training colors. Very humane, very gentle. Create a gentle grip through the neck. Imitate a doggy mama bite. Will not hurt, will not harm your pets. And this is the would be starting point of dealing with unruly pets. I highly suggest you get for your little terrorist yeah, you color. Have a very bad attitude. We can keep complaining or we can take the actions. This is the only color I solely approve. They are very humane. What is the name of it? Prong color with quick release by company Herm Springer. And that's spelled H-E-R-M-S-P-R-E-N-G-E-R. And, of course, we have yeah. links at the Animal Radio website. Got it. Sometimes people are crazy. Dogs are okay. That's for sure. <laughs> it's another new year, and your debt is higher than ever. Credit card balances that keep growing. Rising medical bills. Maybe you lost your job, or you're afraid of losing your home. That's the bad news. But you can work through your debt problems with help from Credit Card Relief. No, we're not a consolidation loan. Not another one of those credit counseling deals. And not bankruptcy. We're Credit Card Relief. We've been helping people just like you for nearly a decade. If you're struggling with too much credit card debt, call us for a free consultation. Call Credit Card Relief right now. The consultation is free, and the relief is real. Call 866-800-5252. That's Credit Card Relief. Where dogs rule, cats are king, and the status symbol of choice, probably the perfume you're putting on that chihuahua over there. I'm thinking, what? Your chihuahua missed you while you were in New York, and I had to dress him up per your request. Dress her up. And you did. I did. I felt like a complete goofball. Oh, she loved it, though. She she likes that kind of stuff. Yes, she does. Listen, uh, she's kind of a small dog. She's very small. She's about, uh, she might be seven pounds by now. Which is not the smallest dog ever. There's a Chihuahua that, uh, let me see if I can find this. I'm looking right now at this great new book we got at the studio. It's Guinness World Records 2010, the book of the decade. You know, kicking off a new decade. <laughs> and they're looking back at the last decade to see what animal, what what everything made world records. And they wow. have a whole animal section, as you see there. Can uh-huh. I, can you, will we hold that up to the microphone there? Yeah. You hold that up so the listeners can see the picture. You're, you're actually looking... Uh, I can't put it down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's one of those books. At the uh, the Chihuahua that's, uh, I believe his name is Brandy, and he's just six inches uh-huh. from the tip to the tail. Wow. So nowhere near the size of your dog there. Makes her look huge. It really, really does. But there's a lot of dogs that uh, and animals that make this book. And we have from Guinness on the phone, Stuart Clayton. Hi, Stuart. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. How are you? Delightful, delightful. Okay, so let's uh, go over some of the animals that made the list for Guinness's 
2010 Book of the Decade. Indeed, indeed. There's a little bit of everything in, in the Guinness World Records book this year. And um, indeed, just as you were just mentioning, not only do we have the, uh, the world's shortest dog, which is uh, uh, Boo Boo, which indeed is uh, just no uh, end-to-end is perhaps four inches long. But, Imagine um, that! <laughs> I know. When you think about when you actually start thinking seriously about four inches, it becomes astonishing that there's such a little tiny dogger that exists. But uh, it pales in comparison to um, what, in fact, is the current tallest dog, which is Titan. Oh, yeah. Uh, And he, in fact, is uh, 42 and a quarter inches tall. Wow. Um, I know. uh, Unbelievable. And this is is literally measured from the, you know, from the ground, should we say, from the bottom of his front paws, if you will, to the the top of his shoulder. So... um, And he's a great uh, Dane, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I haven't had the pleasure to meet Titan uh, in person yet, but I did meet his predecessor, which was uh, uh, Gibson. Yes. Right, and right. Uh, uh, watching him stand kind of on his hind legs with his front paws on somebody's shoulders was, was really a sight to behold, I can tell you that much. He saw the four-inch dog and the 42-inch dog back-to-back, right? Exactly. They were, they were both together, and uh, <laughs> it really is, uh, you know, I get, nature is a wonderful thing, guys. It's, <laughs> it really covers all extremes. Whether, whether, whether we choose to try, our, try it ourselves or not, nature takes care of it, that's for sure. Some of the other records that you accounted for, the jump, uh, jump for joy, the Australian Shepherd who completed a jump roping uh, slalom of sorts. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, um, Sweet Pea is, uh, is like a, an Australian Shepherd or Border Collie, and uh, he, in fact, uh, holds the Guinness World Record for the most rope jumps by a dog. Um, and uh, this is actually 75 jumps over a uh, jump rope in one minute. Um, and uh, he's, 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 uh, he's a dog of all trades because he also, remarkably, and you may think to yourself, well, this is a strange Guinness World Record, oh. but... This is just something that uh, Sweet Pea can do. He uh, he can carry a glass of water on his snout or wow. his nose um, and walk up and down steps. And the most he's ever climbed is 17 steps. So um, Sweet Pea is, is not only a Guinness World Record holder, but a multifaceted Guinness World Record holder. And we salute him and uh, and Alex, of course, for, for being such good sports. The jump roping competition, you know, do you have to open a new category or are there are a lot of dogs competing for this record? <laughs> Well, um, we receive about 50,000 inquiries every year from all over the world for different uh, types of Guinness World Records. But um, the jump rope is fairly popular. I don't know exactly how many we would get in, in a year, but um, Sweet Pea has certainly won out. And uh, no one uh, since 2007 has been able to uh, to take his record of uh, 75 jumps in one minute away from him. Wow, he's holding that one. You know, I couldn't <laughs> think of a better way to spend a weekend. I'll probably spend my, uh, you know, next weekend putting rattlesnakes in my mouth it's just it's it's fun to do yes, you know sure. but uh, i certainly don't hold the record of putting live rattlesnakes in my mouth who does <laughs> well, why would you even not consider this i don't I really understand don't it <laughs> <laughs> he, um the uh, yes the, the the there is such a man and there is such a record the uh, the most rattlesnakes uh held in someone's mouth and this is live rattlesnakes uh-huh. uh are uh, 10 Wow. And this is, in fact, held by a gentleman who lives in Texas called Jackie Beebe. And uh, uh, please, please, please do not try this at home. No. This, Jackie Beebe is, a, is, a, is an experienced and a very professional snake handler. But uh, he has been able to put uh, 10 live rattlesnakes, the tails of which 
are inserted into his mouth, uh. and he holds them there for um, about 10 seconds, uh, which is what we stipulate in our guidelines, just to make it uh-huh. even more difficult than it really sounds like. And um, uh, without assistance, he held them there, and, uh, and consequently is the Guinness World Record holder for the, for the most ra- live rattlesnakes held in the mouth. I mean, uh, uh, Please don't tell me that you have a lot of people in that, uh, competing for that category. <laughs> no, no, trust me. Um, in fact, uh, I would say that uh, Jackie's probably the, the only gentleman at the moment who holds such a record. Not, but there are other snake handlers out there. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Jackie a few years ago when we had the 50th anniversary of Guinness World Records. And um, th- these, these personalities, these characters are unique because yeah. um, he's obviously been bitten quite a number of times as well. And uh, he's very, very proud of all his scars. So, sure. uh, but let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I want to actually want to talk a little bit about Guinness because when I was a kid, I, you know, that was the favorite book of mine was to get the Guinness. But uh-huh. let me tell you, when I was a kid, it was just a little paperback mm-hmm. printed on like newsprint and it had no pictures in it. Guinness has come a long way. The books now for the last, I don't know how many, a uh, couple of decades maybe, I don't know, have been beautiful, big coffee table picture books with all co- Lots changed since I've been a kid, I'll tell you that right now. What? Indeed. Indeed. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Um, well, it's interesting for us because we, we come to, we, we've been, you know, around for a while. And um, a lot of people here in the United States do remember the kind of, you know, pocketbook or yeah. paperback, if you will, mm-hmm. edition that, you know, you could stick in your backpack and mm-hmm. just pull out any time. But um, we've now, we've, we've kind of fast-forwarded quite quite dramatically in the last few years, just because, oh. you know, the, the, the demand is such that, um, you know, people not only want to read about the They want to see it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's so, so beautiful about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, it's, it's, it's a real strength, you know, and, and we thank all our record breakers for actually, you know, submitting all their photos and whatnot. But um, there's, it's such a wonderful world, you know, there's this superlative world, if you will, of of record-breaking achievements and facts that, um, you know, the fact that we can chronicle it not only textually but visually in, in this, as you say, a coffee table type book with a, with a lot more of, a, of an enjoyable experience. I want to know how we can get into the book. I have listeners calling all week and they, they say they have some strange animal that does some strange thing. And you actually have to come out there and verify these things. How does that whole thing work? It's pretty straightforward, thankfully. Just, just based on the number of submissions we like to keep things pretty simple but mm-hmm. um, the, the, your first port of call and we, and we say this to every record breaker large or small um, is the guinnessworldrecords.com website okay. that is uh, literally where we capture all of our proposals and submissions basically as soon as you log on there there's a very easy link where you just say apply now for a record you click on that it's a bunch of forms who what where and when uh, very easy stuff and that actually immediately puts you in conversation with um, one of our record managers uh, in based in our London headquarters. Um, the they don't take it on word, though. They have to verify it, don't they? Exactly, yes. I mean, if we can't go personally to a record adjudication, um, we'll just ask you to submit, you know, some evidence basically verifying what, mm-hmm. what, what you have basically attempted to do. You know, and this is the usual lines, photographs, witness statements, you know, press coverage, etc. 
Um, but hopefully, if it's possible, you know, and we are able to come out and judge your record, um, then, you know, you can be uh, adjudicated there and then as a new Guinness World Record holder should your attempt be successful. So um, we, we hopefully try and please everybody. Okay, we'll put all the links to that at animalradio.com, everything you've heard on today's show. Have you ever gone out, Stuart, to verify any of these records? Uh, certainly. I mean, I, uh, I judged Alex, actually, and uh, Sweet Pea uh, uh-huh. in 2007. Uh-huh. And um, I measured uh, uh, Gibson, actually, the previous tallest dog ever, um, a few years ago as well. It's actually quite something because, you know, whether there are... You know, as we all try and, you know, and, and push the envelope and try and break records. But when you get, you know, a, an animal or, or a tree, if you will, you know, something that's actually just breaking records without really realizing it, you know, it's, you, you have to kind of stand back in awe, really, because the little fellas and, uh, don't really know what's going on. And, and yet there they are, you know, ma- making their mark on, on, on uh-huh. record-breaking history, if you will. Animal or not, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> Yikes. Um, let me think, let me think. I'll tell you what, the snakes was quite bizarre, uh, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I suppose I've measured the world's longest fingernails. Uh-huh. Um, they weren't, weren't the weirdest. I suppose I have to say they were the most unique. Uh-huh. Uh, a lady in, in uh, Utah, Salt Lake, uh, just outside Salt Lake City, her nails hadn't been cut since 1979, and they all, when you added them all together, they measured 28 feet long. Wow. The longest being her left index finger, which was three foot long. Um, and I remember being in her kitchen because we went to her, photogra- uh, to her house to photograph her. And uh, measuring her fingernails, sitting at a kitchen table with a cup of tea was probably one of the best experiences <laughs> I ever had. We're just thinking this here in the studio, like, how does she dial the phone? Or, or Judy was like, how does she go to the bathroom? Yeah. Yes. Well, there are some things you don't really want to ask. I tell you. <laughs> we don't. We don't really want to know that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to give out uh, ten of these copies of these books right here: the Guinness World Records 2010, the Book of the Decade, and in my opinion, the best one yet. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go ahead and give it out. And then, if you can't get through on the lines today, you're not lucky enough to win one of these copies. Head on over to your bookstore or Amazon.com or Barnes and Nobles or Borders and ask for the Guinness World Records latest book. 2010, the book of the decade. Stuart, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention and joining us today. Not at all. Many thanks for having us. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to find out what's happening with the animals, what's happened with the animals in Haiti. Then back to the phones for your questions with Dr. Debbie, answering your vet medical and behavior questions, animal communicator Joy Turner, Vinnie Penn, Susan Sims, Bobby, we're all here. 1-866-405-8405. And of course, this Healthy Helping of Animal Radio brought to you by Blue Buffalo, makers of healthy, holistic, natural food for dogs and cats. You love them like family, so feed them like family with Blue. Hi, this is Judge Joey Villani from Groomer Has It. And when I'm not making people sweat judging their grooming competition, I'm listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter made from whole kernel corn. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Dogs are more likely to contract canine influenza if they spend time mingling with other dogs, like at kennels, groomers, even dog shows and doggy daycare. Last year, eight states saw canine influenza outbreaks in Colorado, Georgia, Florida, Virginia, Delaware, New Jersey, and New York. There is a vaccine available that reduces the severity of symptoms in clinical trials. Dr. Cinda Crawford of the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine said, quote, So far, it performs about as well as the vaccines that we give to people and horses and pigs. Crawford added that with proper medical care, 
Sick dogs will recover in about two weeks. And Indiana is one step closer to requiring retail pet shops to disclose a pet's background information to buyers. The House Committee unanimously passed the bill last month and would allow customers to get the address and size of breeding operations upon request. Sarah Hayes, president of the Indiana Alliance of Animal Control and Welfare Organizations, says in the past, pet stores have been skirting the facts about their dogs and cats by claiming that they came from a, quote, local breeder. Hayes says, quote, local can be a puppy mill also, and added, if pet stores are telling the truth, they shouldn't have a problem with simply posting this information, end quote. And it could be a bet payoff or just one of those New York moments But a video of a man cuddling a live chicken on the subway is being investigated by New York City's transit agency. The incident last month was captured on video by 27-year-old Brooklyn architect Kylie Kaiser and posted online. The video shows a man oblivious to everything around him on his back in the subway car aisle, kissing, hugging, and lifting the chicken up in the air. (laughs) Kaiser described the man as possibly homeless and chalked it up to, quote, and only in New York situation, end quote. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Here's a tip for changing litter brands. Remember to transition gradually. Cats are creatures of habit, and switching abruptly to a new type of litter may result in litter box problems, like not using the new litter at all. Get more tips from Dr. McPete at www.worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. Animal Radio is brought to you by... One Shot Plus Multipurpose Cleaner attacks everyday stains. Pet stains, crayon marks, mildew, one shot, and it's gone. Call 1-800-874-7070 or go to oneshotplus.com to get yours now. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. The whole gang is here. Dr. Debbie answering your medical and behavior questions. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, Bobby working on news. Actually, I think she's Twittering right now. Oh, on on our Twitter, we Twittered that in honor of Spikey, the rescued German Shepherd, please go visit a shelter near you and adopt a pet. And you're going to be talking about the number one dog in the U.S. Did you You're know that You're the, number one breed, not the number just one the number breed dog? Yes, yes. 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 Which right also out. happens to be the number one breed available in shelters. Most, uh, yes. Why do you think that is, Hal? Yeah. Was Spiky neutered? I did not ask. I thought that was a very personal question, so I didn't ask. Not when you're a public figure, you can ask him anything now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Spiky, the rescued dog from the LA River, found. Uh, yeah, what do you want me to do? No, I was going to go on to the next one. Judy's jumping up and down making signals over there. She, she well, doesn't want me talking about Spikey anymore. That means that, that we have Dr. Anand Ramanathan. Oh. Anand Ramanathan. Speaking of dog rescue and animal rescue down there in Haiti. Yes. That uh, that wasn't a really good situation to begin with for the animals. And, of course, the No, let's be honest. It, yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch of organizations down there. I understand In Defense of Animals is one of them. And right. Dr. A veritable Ramon, coalition. Ramon. Okay. Ramon. Right. Ramonathan. Judy's actually getting her on the phone right now. It is a her, right? Really is it a her? No, it's a him. It's a him. <clears throat> is he with uh, IDA? He's with IDA. Executive director? Right. He's the right. executive director of IDA going to be joining us here. Yes. And I mean, the, the <clears throat> list of organizations that have become part of ARCH, the Animal Relief Coalition for Haiti, is just the who's who 
of the animal protection leagues. We've got Amer- the American Humane Society is in there, Best Friends Animal Society, Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in the UK, American Veterinary Medical Association, and the list goes on and on. And a lot of these organizations helped out in Katrina, so it's good to see that they're also doing the same thing there in Haiti. I believe from IDA, in defense of animals, we have the executive director, Dr. Anand Ramanathan. You, you can just call, call me Dr. Anand. Anand, that's fine. Anand. Well, Dr. Anand. Welcome to the show today. Now, a lot of the animals down there were in trouble even before the earthquake. Yes, it's, it's, it's very true. Um, it, it is a developing country, and uh, the scenario is, uh, in terms of animal welfare, uh, uh, needs definitely a lot of improvement. Uh, but uh, in, a, in an earthquake like this, uh, you know, it's... It, it's such an irreparable damage and devastation that's been caused. And uh, not only, I mean, a certain number, a number of animals do get injured, but yes. much more than that, when people who care for these animals are no longer there, many animals get abandoned, they don't get fed, and fed on time, and uh, it really ca- complicates the situation much more and makes uh, the, the welfare of the animals uh, even more uh, under constraint. With uh, Katrina, the goal was to get the animals out of the area and then uh, rehouse them. Are, is that what's happening there, or is it primarily aiding the animals that are, are sick? What what exactly is going on? Are there animals being taken out of Haiti into the U.S.? There have been uh, small occasions of uh, some of the expatriates who've been living in the country and have had to leave the country at short notice and have left their animals. And some uh, some animal protection groups have been involved in bringing them back to the United States to reunite them with their families. Uh, but our efforts have largely uh, uh, been involved in having a mobile unit which travels across communities there and reaching out to animals uh, which need help in the community. So working with the people there and trying to identify what are the problems the animals face. Um, it's a time of winter now. Lots of pups are there. So there's a lot of breeding and a lot of animals wow. have been born. And those animals need immediate care. When people are you know, really uh, uh, worried about trying to get resources for themselves, the, the need for us to be there to help animals uh, it becomes equally important. What type of animals are in danger? Is it, is it pets or are there farm animals involved as well? Haiti is a very agricultural country, so there is a lot of uh, livestock uh, in the country. Uh, they, they have uh, over uh, two to three million uh, uh, livestock animals, uh, from cattle, goats, uh, pigs, chicken, and uh, port prince alone... Uh, there has been an estimate of over 500,000 uh, dogs uh, uh, in and around uh, in, in the island in Haiti. Um, there, is a, there is a group uh, called the Christian Veterinary Mission, which has been working for quite some time, and they have done a lot of vaccinations uh, of dogs. Over 100,000 dogs were vaccinated uh, in Port-au-Prince alone a few months back. Um, so dogs definitely need a lot of attention, as much as livestock. The coalition was formed really fast. Who did that? Who formed it? How did it come together? Uh, the coalition was uh, quickly uh, formed, uh, uh, primarily led by IFAW, International Fund for Animal Welfare, and WSPA, World Society for Protection of Animals. And uh, many of us have already been working closely with uh, all of these groups, so we all quickly joined in the first few days of forming the coalition. Did you guys learn anything from Katrina that you're using in this particular event? Um, cooperation and coalition building is uh, nothing, uh, is the key to a solution, uh, to lasting solution like this. And that way we have been able to pool our resources together and uh, be a stronger unit. Um, primarily, you know, in, in terms of humanitarian relief groups, they all come together under the banner uh, uh, promoted by the UN. And for animal groups, that, that's been something that's not been uh, in the works for a long time. So post-Katrina, 
uh, already many of these organizations had formed a coalition within the U.S., as well as uh, involving groups uh, across the across the pond, so to say. And so that was uh, a key lesson for us, that we need to come together and uh, forge relationships. If we wanted to make donations, is ARCH collectively accepting donations? Um, as of now, each of the individual organizations uh, accept donations, and we uh, pull it uh, into the ARCH pot that we have created. So each uh, member entity, uh, uh, like in, in Defense of Animals, um, so you can go to IDAUSA.org and uh, your contributions uh, would really help us in uh, providing lasting uh, relief to animals in Haiti. You guys are doing good work. We appreciate it. Dr. Anand Ramanathan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. We appreciate uh, your efforts in getting this message out uh, to help animals and uh, disaster. Of course. Uh, we have more information at the website at animalradio.com. If you want to learn more, we'll put all the organizations involved with Arch and how you can donate directly through their website. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guests at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Another party animal on Animal Radio. I'm your party animal, Vinnie Penn. A friend of mine calls me up over the weekend and said he's been seeing a new girl. And he says, you know, we were having a great time. I was actually over her house. She's a mom. Uh, and he was playing Yankees Monopoly. And I said, oh, you're getting pretty deep in, my man. You're hanging out. It's the mother. It's the daughter. You're playing board games. You're getting knee deep in there. And he goes, well, I don't know how much more. And I said, well, why? He said, well, she put her daughter to bed. And we were sitting there talking, nice New England fire roaring, a very Norman Rockwell scenario, I would imagine, the 2010 version. And he said, and I, I, I had to find a genteel way to just say to her, hey, FYI, uh, there's half a mouse and some vomit on your floor. And she said, excuse me? He, this is him telling me. She said, excuse me? And he goes, yeah, just, you know, if you were going to go in the kitchen and get a refresher glass of wine or anything, there's half a mouse and some vomit on your floor. <laughs> he proceeds to tell me, and she says, oh, she gets up, she goes, she has three cats who are just always running into the house with either a bird wing still flapping in its mouth or what's left of a mouse, and they typically then proceed to vomit. And he's like, well, bye-bye. Yet another case of... Multiple cats equals single forever. It could even explain the divorce and, the, and her being a single mom. I remember there was a girl that uh, I dated many, many years ago. What's the same thing happened? Uh, just sitting around the house. This is when we were we were kids. That's why I say many, many, many years ago. And her cat just came walking in, you know, with a bird. It looked like it was fresh from the cat Burger King. It had, like it had ketchup all over its face, and yet it wasn't ketchup. It was bird blood. Three savage cats leaving the remains of a mouse around the house may equal. Eleanor Rigby, Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. Let's face it, life happens from spills to pet stains. One Shot Plus Multipurpose Cleaner attacks everyday stains, eliminating the need for other cleaning products. Pet stains, crayon marks, mildew, one shot, and it's gone. Safe for the environment, your pets, and your family. Call 1-800-874-7070 and mention Animal Radio. That's 1-800-874-7070. Or go to oneshotplus.com to get yours now.
We get lots of food samples here at Animal Radio, so we can be picky about selecting a healthy food. If you're a regular listener, you know Ladybug is one finicky diva. When we got a sample of Stella and Chewy's, the healthy ingredients were there, but would she eat it? I'm here to tell you she ate it as fast as we put it down and begged for more. We feel good about feeding our dog Stella and Chewy's, and we want you to try Stella and Chewy's too. Visit StellaandChewy's.com or call 888-477-8977. That's 888-477-8977. Listen closely. Did you hear that? That's the sound of peace of mind. Peace of mind that comes in convenient, pre-measured packets of Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle the granules on your dog's food twice a year to protect him against the major types of canine intestinal worms. Monthly heartworm prevention programs alone are not enough. Find out how to get the upper hand on intestinal worm infections by visiting www.safeguardfordogs.com. Does your pet become anxious when you leave the house? Do certain sounds like thunder or sirens cause your pet to feel uneasy? If your pet barks excessively or is an out-of-control chewer, you'll find the solution in Classic Cuts by Music My Pet. The principal performer for Disney's Baby Einstein has created Classic Cuts with special sounds to help calm, soothe, and relax your pet. A calm pet is a happy pet. To order your Classic Cuts, visit www.musicmypet.com or call 1-877-PET-CALM. This is Animal Radio. He just loved his chicken a lot. That's all I'm saying, Bobby. <laughs> mm-hmm. 1-866-405-8405. We all have animals that we love. Dr. Debbie is here answering your vet medical questions and your behavior questions. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, and Bobby just reporting on a, a back of the subway chicken cuddling story, which is, uh, I don't think you'll find that anywhere else. You can try. You can <laughs> switch the dial right now. We'll wait. And we like to highlight the unique and unusual in our pets. And we think that we have that right here. We get a ton of food samples here at Animal Radio. A ton. We really do, literally a ton of like yeah. big old pallets. Pallets. Of, That's a lot of food. It is a lot of yeah. food. They want us, you know, all the companies want us to try their food so we can be really picky about selecting a healthy food. And, and believe you, us, we if are. we don't like it, we'll tell you. We're pretty transparent that way. We even try some of the food ourselves. We'll eat it because if, if our dogs are eating it, our cats are eating it, we want to know that it's good enough for us. That's right. But I think probably the most finicky here. Next to me is Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. She's no doubt about it. She's uh, tried foods before, and she'll eat it down for the first couple of days, and then she's bored. She wants something new. Yeah, we think we have a winner when she just goes for it, but after a couple of days, then she just fizzles out. Until we got Stella and Chewy's. Stella and Chewy's sent us a sample. Mm-hmm. We tried it. We figured she'd go through her little phase a couple right. of days. But unfortunately, the sample ran out, and then we had to head down to the store and buy some. Mm-hmm. You can actually see bits of cranberries and other things in it. It's real healthy. Now, have you eaten this? Because I know that you try all the food. I do so try all the food. I'm just going to ask you. It smells good. It smells really good, and I'm considering it. Because <laughs> it kind of looks trail mixy to me. Yeah, well, that's, you when you break it, it up, it can be like trail mix. Yeah. But when you hydrate it, it look, really looks like textured meat. And it's that raw diet that everyone's talking about. You see, usually raw diets have to be kept refrigerated or you put preservatives in. They're, they're no longer raw diets. This has been freeze-dried raw with USDA-inspected meat. No added hormones. They're kind of like 
They're like MREs, but better. They, they, I, I'm sure they uh, taste a lot better. According to uh, <laughs> Ladybug, they're, they're a lot better than those. Stella and Chewy's Natural Goodness for Dogs. Uh, check it out at StellaandChewy's.com or call 888-477-8977. That's 888-477-8977. Or purchase it from the front of AnimalRadio.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You've heard of Superman and Spider-Man. Well, now there's Salamander Man. Police have arrested a thief some are calling the Salamander Man because this creepy criminal was talking himself into unsuspecting homes, saying he was looking for his lost salamander. He had also used a hamster excuse, but the salamander one was much more successful. Police had been hunting the burglar for months, and once caught, the salamander man admitted to about 60 thefts. He mostly took wallets and loose cash. They found him with nine empty wallets in his car, which had been stolen the day before. This concludes this episode of Salamander Man. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Hi, this is Sheena Easton on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. It's so important. This is Ben Vereen on Animal Radio. Remember to stay and neuter your animal for a healthier and longer life. You're listening to Animal Radio. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. That's toll free to Animal Radio. What? Animal Radio? What's that? Brand new? You're a new lit. Where have you been? <laughs> Welcome. We celebrate our connection with our pets every weekend right here, and we ask you to call if you have a problem. We have Doctor Debbie. She's answering your medical questions. We've even got one of those wacky animal communicators. She's not wacky. Yeah, I'm she would kill me for yes, saying that. I'm sorry would. about that. I just yeah. threw that in. That was ad lib. I'm sorry, Joy. We'll slap him for you. Yeah, yeah. Joy Turner. Whether you're a skeptic or not, I'll tell you, it makes the phones ring. At one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. But let's hit the phones. We have is it Austin? Hey, Austin. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Just enjoying the nice sun. I'm down here in South Carolina. So, <laughs> uh, what's Beautiful. going on? What's going on with your pets? Um, I got a Chihuahua, and we got him from the ASPC, and we're just wondering, uh, he's got two canine teeth on both sides of his mouth. We thought they would fall out when he got older, but now they're still there, and was wondering if that would be something, you know, we're going to have to get taken out or just go ahead and leave it. Okay. And how long have you had your little friend? Um, he's about a year now. We've had him for about four months. Okay, very good. And is he having any difficulties eating, um, any sensitivity with his mouth? No, not that I noticed. Good, good. And I didn't think you were going to say that because what you're describing is a very common um, problem what we see in small breeds of dogs, especially the toy breeds. Um, and it is retained deciduous teeth. So basically we, all dogs have a set of puppy teeth and those should fall out and be replaced by adult teeth. Um, yeah, but very commonly, 
very commonly these little baby teeth don't fall out. And if you're seeing the little hook teeth behind the adult canine teeth, and if your doggy is that old already, um, they probably will need to be surgically removed. Um, Because in most cases, we give them until maybe 8 months, 10 months. If they don't fall out and they're in there nice and solid, then we need to go in and remove them because there will definitely be the potential for uh, problems with crowding, um, abscesses on the baby teeth, um, but because especially because those teeth are so close, they get a higher rate of dental problems. So yeah, I will definitely give you the prescription to get those teeth yanked out of there. Okay. And I have one more question. Um, about like three days ago, first time it's happened, he acted like he had a seizure. Ooh. And uh was wondering if you know, just keep an eye on him, or maybe should we well, talk to him about? He just acted real wobbly. He'd stand okay. there, his head would shake, and like his legs would wobble and stuff. And he just sat there and looked at us, and yeah, that was the only time it's happened. And he's been fine ever since. Okay, and there was nothing that happened right prior to that that had you concerned, no injury or jump or fall or anything like that. No, not that okay. I know of, because. You know, we got him from the ASPC, you know, and I mean, yeah. been, that's the first time anything's happened, so... Yeah. Well, I, I would be suspicious what you've described could be some form of a seizure. And um, I'm always of the type, I don't like to let things go. Um, so I would definitely yeah. bring that to your veterinarian's attention. And I would probably want to get a blood sample on your little baby um, to check okay. for a couple things. Because small dogs can have problems with low blood sugar issues. And then they can also have some liver problems that we might pick up on a blood panel. Um, but if oh, everything okay. checks out good, then I'd probably just, you know, make sure we track this. And um, from that point forward, make sure we keep track if he has more of them. And then we know what degree of concern we'll have to have from here forward. So, uh, well, golly. Well, I'm glad you saved a life, Austin. That's awesome. Um, everyone should adopt. It is such a wonderful thing. Do smaller dogs uh, generally have more problems? It seems like you, you, you seem to mention that smaller dogs have more dental issues. Sometimes they have more digestive issues. Yeah, I don't want to single them out, uh, but there are some things that we see more typically in little dogs and in some of these congenital problems, the baby teeth, very common with the little breeds, um, but the big dogs, they have just the same share of things. They just kind of are a different spectrum, maybe hip problems or heart problems or other things. So no, I'm not going to single out the little guys. one 405 8405 to talk to Animal Radio Vet Dr. Debbie right now. This is Animal Radio. Hey, it's your resident party animal, Vinny Penn on Animal Radio. Welcome back. I don't know for any of you taking notes, paying attention as we've been doing the uh, as I've been doing the party animals here for the last uh, geez, it's been a while now, over a year, maybe even two years. You may have caught that I live just outside New York in Connecticut. Now, Connecticut right now has been in the news due to the chimpanzee attack that happened. A woman who had a, a pet. I believe it was a chimpanzee that she was trying to get to come back into the house one day and it attacked her and ripped off one of her lips. And she's not, she's not eligible for the plastic surgery that she was hoping to get, uh, through her insurance for, for various reasons. Perhaps you're familiar with the story. Uh, and I certainly don't want to trounce uh, on anyone's tragedy, but I've never quite understood the thought process behind the monkey as pet. 
that permeated America right after, dare I say, Clint Eastwood filmed every which way but loose. Putting them in shorts or a diaper and having them sit at the kitchen table doesn't necessarily humanize the chimp or the, or the ape or what have you. You're kind of asking for trouble. Um, even though Clint Eastwood, Philo Beto, went out to say he's got eight ribs, ma, just like you and me. Vinny Penn, party animal, animal radio. I guess that's all we have time for today. Remember, you can uh, contact us all throughout the week at one 405 8405 We actually got a machine hooked up to that. We actually screen our calls. That's good. Listen to you. Yes. <laughs> and you can also email us, all our email addresses at animalradio.com. You'll find a lot of great stuff over at that website, animalradio.com. Yes, you will. Including a $3 off coupon of the world's best cat litter. If you get world's best cat litter, why not get that coupon? You can download it each and every time from animalradio.com. Also, check out new pet product reviews and order Stella and Tui's directly from the website. Have yourself a great week. Bye. See ya. This is Animal Radio Network.